Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. It's so great to have you tune us in and turn us on. We've got a great show for you today. Deva, our relationship with the subtle world part two, Jacqueline E. Lane will be joining me in a minute. Uh, Benny, I am, first of all, I'm so thrilled to have, um, have this conversation today. And, you know, I want to say what I'm really struck by. Um, One of our uh, team members today uh, had to evacuate her home Aww. in uh, Oregon. Um, so this is real what's happening here on the planet. What what's was, happening? if you don't mind me, what was the evacuation? for The fires. Oh, it was the fires. Okay. Yeah. There's yeah. many evacuations going there on across the world. There are many evacuations so. and there are many yeah. fires. When Linda and I were coming back from Montana, um, we got to see it up close and personal, first, personal firsthand. You know, driving back on I-90 and just seeing the beginnings of what we now know Um was a massive blaze. And I want to say to folks that are tuning in, I am one of the best love of fire rituals and fire. I'm right there with the people in the spiritual realm on the importance of it. And what I want to say to everybody right now please hold back please if you think it's a good idea you know to big a big old backyard fire or a campfire or something like that and you think you're in a place where it's dry please think again because if you are anywhere here on the West Coast and Idaho uh, and Montana was really like right up there, Benny, with us. You know what I'm saying? 100%, Pat. Yep. 100%. Please, please hold off. We have record-breaking temperatures across the country. Um, and, uh, where is that? Uh, Flagstaff. Met a couple people in Flagstaff, and I was talking to them about wanting to take another vision quest and get myself out to Death Valley, and they said, 130 degrees. Seriously, Pat, do the ritual in your backyard. And I said, okay, I will. So I want to say to everybody, prayers are what's happening. You know, to the tune of 12,000 people 
showed up for a prayer ritual in California. Um, they are showing up in Washington State and prayer of all kind, not one particular uh, religion, but people calling on whatever power and energy they have, whatever they have, that is going to help them understand the nature of things today and where we are and what we do and how we live. And that's so important in the world we're living in today. Do we understand our relationship with the world? How about a relationship with the subtle world? And I've asked, I've asked Jacqueline to come back because her book, the book I mentioned earlier today, um, is so filled with power. And I was rereading again in her book, and this is why I'm really struck by the message I'm giving to all of you. One of the hardest things that I have found very hard to watch, maybe because many, my mom died in a fire, <clears throat> maybe because of that. But in, in the book, there is a chapter called For the Love of Trees. And I was rereading this this morning. And I'm so struck by the beauty, the power, the energy, and what happens from birth to death. And especially when we're looking at, at the organic aspect of our lives. You know, the things that are alive. Trees are alive. Uh, and it was so hard and heartbreaking and gut-wrenching to watch the most majestic beauty you've seen on a hillside or in a community um, disintegrate before your eyes. But what is it that we know about ourselves and the, the kingdom and the angelic realm and that realm that overlights nature, but also our David gifts and our experience of being human here on earth. You know, what is it about what Jacqueline has put together that can help us and hold on to an aspect of hope where we understand creation at multiple levels, multiple generations, multiple centuries, multiple times of life in the evolution of us. And today we live in a place where the evolution and the revolution are coming together. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to hear from a very special author, a very special person, someone that is bringing forth a powerful, powerful message that goes back multi-lives that goes back to the place to remind us that we are the children of the eco-spirit. We are the children that come forth and have within us all we need to make things well. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with my very special guest today. Healing has a ripple effect. One person's healing affects everyone around them. This is where the power of sharing our stories can be so important. 
Tune in to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Megan provides you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. Enact the power of radical change. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca. Hello, friends. I am Terry J. Walker with the I Am Power Hour, and here is your soul-stretching success tip of the day. As you know, we have two core energies, love and fear. We always have the power of now and the choice to align with our source energy, which is based on love, light, truth, gratitude, and peace. Or we can choose to align with our ego, external influences and opinions that arise during our day based in fear. You know those terms, frustration, worry, anger, and judgment. Well, each day as we awaken, we have the opportunity for a new day, a new start, and to align and empower ourselves and to raise our energy in appreciation. I hope you have a wonderful day filled with love, light, appreciation, and of course, alignment. Namaste, my beautiful friends, and I'll see you next time. Step into your highest potential and tune into embodying your higher self. Tools for Conscious Living with Michelle Champaka. You can listen on TransformationTalkRadio.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Michelle is an energy healer, intuitive, and shamanic practitioner dedicated to helping you heal and transform your life. For more information about sessions, coaching, and upcoming workshops and retreats, visit SpiritWeaverJourneys.com. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Dr. Pacho Transformation Talk Radio. Um, and thank you so much for tuning in and turning us on. You know, I have to tell you this. Jacqueline is joining us here today. As I mentioned earlier in the first segment, Jacqueline Elaine is the author of Deva, a relationship with the subtle world. Um, and I was talking about something not so subtle uh, that I observed here recently. Um, but... We're going to talk about not only what Jacqueline has put in this fantastic book, but for me now in bringing you back, Jacqueline, I am really struck now again by how purposeful and relevant this mess, the messages, the messages are, so to speak. And every day, I become more and more aware of that. So can we start off by reminding everyone, like you said, of what Deva, what Deva are? Okay, so um, Deva is a Sanskrit word. It means uh, Sanskrit's an ancient language of India. And it means literally being of light. Uh, so for that reason, in the Western parlance, it tends to be referred to as the angelic kingdom. But what people don't normally realize is that the angelic kingdom in this sense goes from what we consider in in Western religions to be angels, but it also goes right down that hierarchy to the nature spirits because the angelic kingdom is also in charge of the nature spirits um, and what we call fairies. But actually, it's even more than that. It's the um, the active and responsive intelligence that's infused into matter. And by matter, 
it's really important in a paradigm of the book to understand that by matter, we don't just mean solid, liquid or gas. We also mean subtle matter. So um, I think the best way I can describe that is we know that we, we experience solid stuff and we experience liquid and we experience gas, but we also experience our emotions. And our emotions are, 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 pe- are palpable. Mm-hmm. In other words, we feel them inside us, but we can also feel other people's emotions and we'll get into that a little bit further. But we also experience thinking. And so in metaphysics, we have um, we have a recognition that that level of emotion, which we call the astral plane, also the plane of desire, it's got several names, um, is also matter. It's just subtle matter. And this idea that there's subtle matter as well as physical matter is absolutely key to understanding metaphysics. And I think it's also key to realizing that that's why scientific types of people have difficulty with some of the things that people like I am saying, um, because they can't figure out, well, where is it? You know, we can't measure it. Where is it? That's because they're not understanding that Um, the universe is made up of all these different layers and levels getting more and more subtle as you go on and that each of those levels has to be accessed by a different level of consciousness. So if somebody has um, impairment of some kind and they can't access um, a level of consciousness, they're not going to experience it. And it's also wrapped up with our stage of our evolution as a species. So um, this subject is so big, so vast, and that's why it took me quite a long time to sort of pull it all together and put it into something comprehensive. It's been written about, obviously, um, over many hundreds of years, and there are some very, very esoteric books about it. You know, I've got volumes of them up there in my bookshelf. But what I wanted to do was to have a bridge between those esoteric books and our sort of normal conversation. So that's what Deva is. It's including the theories, the nature spirits, and all that lovely stuff that we like to think about. But it's also about us and our emotions and our thoughts. Yeah, and that's that's what I love about this conversation and why I wanted to bring you back, because uh sometimes when we have let's call them subtle energies just broadly speaking there are things that happen in our everyday life that tap into something some people say trigger that might be one word but i think there are different degrees so for example i was sharing before you came on um my reaction driving back from Montana and then this morning finding out one of our staff members uh, had to evacuate her home due to the fires uh, Mm. in Oregon. But I was sharing what it was like to drive back from Montana and to be part of that, to see right close to the highway, 
you know, to see nature burning and, and, you know, how visceral, you know, my reaction to that was, but then to come back home and turn on the news and just find out that was one small fire that turned into a mat. I mean, there's a reaction to this that's uncanny. Now, take a look at the evolution of what's happening in the world right now. Some people call it an evolution. Some people call it a revolution. Some people are calling it a consciousness awakening. Uh, Some people, there are many things we're talking about. But the one thing I know, there is an energy of action happening. Mm. And we're not talking enough about it. Um, it's, it's almost like in your book, it's almost like defying gravity in a sense. Sorry, it's, defying, did you say defying gravity? Defying gravity in a sense, mm. because... We so believe we are the architects of every moment of our lives. No, right? I mean, we're like, wait a minute. I had a plan. Yeah, well, we, you know, we like to think that we are, we have total free will, but of course we don't. Um, Because, well, we don't for several reasons. Um, But talking about nature we don't also because we what we don't realize is that the planet is a spiritual being yeah as well and it's got its own stuff going on as it were it's a body it's the body of a huge spiritual being and it is part of a huge spiritual being called the solar system and so on and we go on up and up and up and up and up and um, it's got its own evolutionary path. Um, and so when we see these great movements of nature, you know, they're pretty terrifying because they actually remind us that we are not um, super powerful. And also that what we do actually um, can throw a big spanner in the works as far as climate's concerned etc but getting back to the deva um this this kind of movement that you're talking about now i actually mentioned it in the book um i became aware of it some years ago and i was in a forest in scotland and i asked the deva about climate change and what they showed me was this absolute maelstrom of light particles as it were you know how when you see film of birds when they're about to migrate and they they're swirling around in these great masses and like as if they don't know which way they're going to go and then finally they decide where they're going to go and off they go and it was very similar to that so what are those what were those particles i was seeing well it could. I suspect it was um, what we what they call prana, which is you know the sort of light life that um, sometimes we see as a slight sparkle, um, and it was like 
but the feeling of it was this like these huge forces that were gathering and as you say i think what we're feeling now is the impact of that kind of gathering that's bigger than us and outside of us but at the same time humanity's also going through one of its major stages and we're told in the in the in the books that um, we're going humanity's going through what's called the first initiation so we are at the point of no longer being driven by our physical bodies entirely we are being we are more polarized polarized is an interesting term because what it means is that we are focused and identify with one particular area of something so we are polarized now in our emotional bodies and it's quite interesting because when i was thinking about our talk today and i was thinking about okay how can we understand this well one of the ways we can understand it is that um emotion is the higher correspondence of water okay so we've got all this we talked i just talked a minute ago about solid liquid and gas yeah and each of these elements that we're used to using and, and having around us have higher correspondences in the subtle layers so water is the lower correspondence of emotion and our body is, well, I can't remember the last figures that they came up with, but I know it's at least 70% water, isn't it? So when we experience emotion, we're going to experience it in, our, in the watery parts of our body as well. And that's why it's not just a mental fear that we get when we see this big stuff like fires and so on happening. We could... Um, two years ago, we had a huge bushfire over not far from our place. Mm -hmm. We could see the flames from here, and I had packed all my paintings and everything into the car, and we were ready to go. But so I, you know, but that's nothing compared with the fires that you guys are experiencing over there. So, so what we need to realize is that actually we're materially linked. Um, because because Deva is about the intelligence and substance, we are, our bodies are, and our, our emotions and minds are materially linked to everything else. So of course we're gonna get, we're gonna get, we're gonna feel impact when these these big things are going on. And they can also tip the scales in terms of mass mass stuff that's going on. And when I was thinking about this the other day, I remembered an incident. Um, I was in Czechoslovakia with a bunch of Swedish foresters many years ago. And we went to a high ice hockey game. And mm -hmm. the ice hockey game was between Czechoslovakia and Sweden. And we were probably the only Swedish supporters in the stadium. <laughs> and Sweden was winning. And before, before the game finished, probably be about 10 minutes at least before the game was due to finish, uh, the atmosphere was pretty tense 
and you could actually feel it. And the tour leader, the Swedish tour leader, said to us all, there were, I, there were two women, me and another woman, the rest of them all these Swedish foresters. And they said, the tour leader said, we're going now, mm. right? And he hurried us out of our seats and out of the stadium before the Czechoslovakian crowd, which was primarily men, and they were pretty riled up um, before they got up because he was afraid for us. And you could feel, you could actually feel that um, raw energy of that crowd. And you, you witness it all the time if you go to a big football match in America or, if you, you know, a rugby match here, yeah. whatever, whatever it is that people are investing their energy into identifying with, that's your team, this is my team, um, I, I want my team to win. It's all this craziness about what we identify with and, you know, we want to feel superior to the other guy. It's just, it's not very advanced really, is it? Right, right, right. But, you know, what you're talking about to me is, and I thought about this for today, um, I, I think we are now at the point where even if we don't want to say this out loud, and I'm not saying that people do or don't, but may, let's just say maybe you don't. We have to do, as you say in the book, expand the picture. Expand the picture. And when we come back, I want to talk with you about what that looks like and how, it's, how it is portrayed in the book, Touching the Angelic Kingdom. Because I think we have gotten to the point where the pain, right? The pain of staying the same, I think we're here. The pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. Yes. And so I think we are there, right? When we come back, what is the place now that we have been invited for two for eons we have been invited invited into the angelic kingdom and and i want to talk about it from your perspective and from the book we have been invited for eons i don't even have a date or a number or a galaxy but the door has been open and we have not been able to fully walk through I want to talk with you about the power of this, but also the purpose, the purpose of this message of yours and of Deva coming forth now. You could have written this book 10 years ago. You didn't. You wrote it now. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back with my very special guest. I have to say that um, for those of you out there, I, I think uh, Livy is probably showing you the book on Facebook, right? What I want to say is I have now been through this book four times. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. And every time I go through, I get drawn to a different part of the book. Today, um, by the way, there's so many references to trees and the fiery nature of things. And, and I'm looking at these words in parallel to the reality of the true fiery things that are happening in the world. But when we come back, 
is the secret, is the key. And this last part of the book, one of the last parts, not the last part, but the door is open. What does it take to walk through? Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back with Jacqueline E. Lane and this fabulous book, Deva, Our Relationship with the Subtle World. We'll be right back. Are you ready to put down that drink or drug for good? Are you struggling to maintain your recovery from addictive behaviors? Do you need help with a family member or loved one who's in early recovery or battling addiction? Get the help and guidance you need by arranging a recovery recharged phone session with me, Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, Certified Life and Recovery Coach. Call 1-800-889-1757. Make an appointment today. Or go to my website, pushybroadfromthebronx.com, and click on the link that says Recovery Recharged. Don't wait. Get the help you need today. This is Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Your eternal purpose is calling out to you each and every day. Are you listening? Tune in to Dynamic Destiny Radio with Coach Pete Cafarcio every first and third Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to be your authentic self and live the life that you were destined for. Learn practical tools to discover your purpose and conquer other fears that keep you stuck in a life of mediocrity. Learn more about Coach Pete by visiting PeteCoaching.com. How many times do you find yourself saying, it was nothing, or just doing my job, when really you knocked it out of the park? How did you get like this? Next time someone tells you, great job, you'll know how to accept it and not deflect it by listening to Courage to be Seen Radio with host Sherry Clark. Sherry Clark is an experienced global engineering leader, coach, and mentor. From her experiences one-on-one coaching to corporate consulting and executive coaching, Sherry has learned many women need at least three things to discover and face success. Learn about the ACES program, how to survive male-dominated fields with grace and authenticity, and reach the top without ever once giving up on who you are. Courage to be Seen host Sherry Clark explores the awesome power of your entire self and how far you can go by being more you. Check out her website, CourageToBeSeen.com. You have the courage to be seen. See you later. Get your goddess groove on with me, Laura Hostler. Tune in every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com, where I offer you authentic channel messages of love, inspiration, and heart-healing grace. Get your goddess groove on. When the goddess speaks, everyone listens. For more information, visit laurahosford.com. That's laurahosford.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. And by the way, we are taking your questions, if you'd like, 1-800-930-2819. I've asked Jacqueline to come back. Um, And, you know, yes, of course, I'm referencing a book. But it's more than that. I mean, this is... How should I say it? It is a a body of work. It is from, you know, this incredible author, artist, educator, um, who has been spending decades studying metaphysics and the wealth of living and traveling and 
looking at what it means to bring the social sciences and and, and what we cannot see, the subtle world, the energies of it, what it looks like to bring this all together. And if you want to find out more, you can go to Jacqueline's site. Um, Jacqueline, what's the best website for people to go to? Well, the easiest one to remember is um, this one with my name that'll get you there, um, JacquelineLane.com, JacquelineElane.com. Yeah. But if you can't remember how to spell that because it's a bit tricky, you could just go to TallPixie.com. Okay, I like that. Let me let me TallPixie, P-I-X-I-E.com. Yes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> People so, are asking me if that's what I have going on with my hair now. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I know it's it's like one of those one of those moments. Um, the other thing, how can people get copies of the book? Right, um, depends where you are in the world. In the United States, you're fine. Um, you can get it through the normal channels there, Barnes and Noble, um, Inner Traditions. Um, you know, Amazon, all those places. Ask your local bookstore to stock it, and then if they, if they, if you ask your local bookstore, then it will encourage other people to look at it as well. Um, in Australia, um, you can definitely get it from the New Dawn magazine. Uh, New Zealand is a little problematic at the moment because they run out of stock very quickly. Um, yeah, I can totally see why. <laughs> it's taking a long time to ship here um, because it's a COVID thing. And uh, the UK, I think, is fine. The, all those channels that they have there, the equivalents, the Barnes and Nobles, etc., are fine. But, for instance, Barnes and Noble are not delivering here in this part of the world now right. because of um, COVID. Anyway, but your normal channels, you should be able to get it. Um, no problem. And it, you can always also write to or check out Inner Traditions or Findhorn Press, who are the actual imprint. Yeah. Findhorn, that's F-I-N-D-H-O-R-N. Um, they're, the, they're the people that asked me to, you know, to ask to publish it. And they're owned by Inner Traditions. So that's, uh, that's the link there. Um, but the question about um, the angelic kingdom. One, uh, the higher Deva, which we rightly call angelic. There's a very interesting legend that um, I didn't include in the book, but it's worth talking about here. Yeah, and that is that humanity um, to form humanity, the angelic kingdom, the Deva the higher deva, who as a kingdom are actually in advance of humanity. They're more advanced, right, than we are. They've been around longer. Um, they were asked at the higher level, the, the great deva lords were asked to donate a part of themselves so that we could have, so that there could be a like a casing or a body made which is the casing of our soul so that we had so that our spark had somewhere to descend into and inhabit and a place to descend into density from so in fact 
if you if you go along with that lovely story, um, Deva form the casing for our soul. And from there, it's like we bungee jump down into this reality here, okay? And then at the end of each incarnation, we go back on our bungee cord, we process what we've been learning, etc., and prepare for the next bungee jump down in here until we've got it. Right? <laughs> this is one of the stages where it would be a very good idea if we actually got it and started implementing what we actually know Mm -hmm. um, and particularly at the leadership level. And we need to be very careful how we choose our leaders because it's pretty obvious that they can lead us astray pretty quickly. Yeah. So, um, and we also need to realize that we are all in this together, that the surface color of our skin doesn't matter because we are all souls all created by the same creative forces and we are all struggling with the same kinds of issues we may be at different stages of that but we're all in it together and as for your saying about you know being on the sense of the 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 um, precipice for change as it were yeah and you you're right um i've I've found there's a fair bit of cynicism from some quarters that actually we're still not going to do it. But there's a very interesting thing in metaphysics about the year, the 25th year of every century. And it's said that at the 25th year of every century, the masters have a conclave. This is the ascended spiritual masters who are way, 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 way in advance of us. They have a conclave, uh, review where humanity yeah. is up to, and decide what kind of assistance we need, what kind of kick in the butt we need, etc. And that 2020 has been heralded for some time as an, a, an important point is a run up to 2025. And I think this is part of this was brought to my attention a few years back um, and and more recently that it was important that this book and other books and, and the things that we're saying um, came out at this time to prepare and, and to get humanity ready for this opportunity because it's an opportunity to set the tone for the rest of the century. And are we going to take that opportunity? Well, I think that that's, yep, it's it's up to our leaders, but if we have democracies, we have some power in that, but we also have power at individual levels in every single thing that we do and every single, everything that we do has a choice factor normally that we can decide to use a paper bag or a plastic bag. We can decide to, you know, uh, there's, there's a million ways in which yeah. every day we are making choices and they might seem to be um, irrelevant, but they're not irrelevant. And as far as getting in touch with this bigger picture and what's going on, I think it's really important to actually, for people to actually 
turn off their phone, turn off your digital stuff and stop and feel, feel the air around you. Actually feel things, right? Not in an emotional sense, but in a sensory sense where you can actually sit under a tree for half an hour or feel what does your building feel like when you're in an organization or when you're working what does that feel what does that organization feel like because every person in that organization is contributing to the deva of the organization oh there's no question now benny i'm going to skip this break if you don't mind so this now I kind of started with the end in mind, and now I'm going to back up a little bit, because one of the things that I was struck by the last time we chatted, and boy, I'll tell you, I am just, I don't know how you put everything in this book that you put in. <laughs> um, but it, the, took, it took me many decades. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know. Now, here's what I want to do, because you just said it. In chapter eight, you talk about emotion. Here's my aha. And you start by talking about human versus Deva evolution, right? Deva evolution. And so what you just described, right? With the idea of this angelic kingdom is a part of ourselves and our humanity, which I believe in many of the, what do we want to call them? Experts have talked about for a long time, even if you go back to Jung, you know, and Jung talked about, there's an interesting level, letter that Carl Jung wrote years ago, where he talked to Bill Wilson about how he felt he could not say what he really wanted to say about spirit. I mean, when I read that letter, 1961, right, or something, Jung is saying, oh my gosh, I was so misunderstood. That's probably why his hobby was chiseling rock. <laughs> but we have to go through a new level of evolution for our emotion and our thoughts. And so in your book, you talk about these. And, and look, I, I have read a lot of things since I started my journey here. But I never thought about this as an evolution because most people that talk about emotions and thinking, they want you to snap out of it, not as an evolution, but to all of a sudden, I'm this, now I'm that. And it was impossible for people to do it. Can we talk for a minute about our evo emotional evolutional and our mental or mind or thought evolution and whether or not it leads us to a greater understanding of the big picture. Yeah, yeah, it's got to. Um, I'm relieved. <laughs> yeah, because, um, and this is why I've included diagrams in the book. So yeah. Now, you know, it's it's not as straightforward as a, as a ladder that we're going up at one step at a time because people in different lifetimes, they develop different, um, skills and interests and so on and so sometimes we move ahead you know a lot in the, a lot of people for instance in the science 
um, who are very interested in science and rationalism, they get really, really good at that, but they haven't developed their emotional um, IQ or EQ as it's called, right? So they haven't developed their compassion and so on. So let's, let's just take that level of emotion. We can be, um, let's say we've got a friend who's upset about something. We can go along and we can sympathize with them. Well, how is that really helping, right? What we what we're doing is we're saying, oh yeah, I um, yeah, I know how. Oh yeah, it's dreadful, isn't it? So we're we're actually encouraging that emotion. Yeah. yeah. But when we're able to stay, and often friends will um, will identify with that other person's with their friend's emotion, right? And so they they just encourage each other. Right? Oh, I know. Yeah. Place. yeah. And instead of that, if if the if the if the friend who's coming to help has is not identifying with the emotion, they can get above it, see it a bigger picture to it, have compassion and discrimination and these these higher levels of emotion, because at every at every plane you've got levels and so at the bottom of the emotional plane you've just got plain raw emotion but at the top you've got all these wonderful things like compassion understanding forgiveness all those things so the spiritual journey is actually about changing your identification what the things the feelings the thoughts that you identify with from a lower one to a higher one. So obviously misery and wanting to have other people share in your misery is a much lower evolutionary level than having yeah. compassion, but in a in a non-identifying way. Yeah, yeah. Explain it like that. Well, uh, you know, let me tell you what what I, my interpretation from reading this and exactly what you said. Um, how have I, I? I've gone through a number of different scenarios in my life. Really, people. When I share my story of life with people, let's just say up to age twenty one, that's pretty much enough for them. They just they're like they're like oh no, I don't tell me anymore. Um, but I have been fortunate to have, I call them angels, mentors, my best friend, Linda, of course, who you know, uh, her family, my stepmom, where somehow they knew that if they approached me with that first description of empathy that you just shared, I would never grow. As a matter of fact, I probably wouldn't be long for this earth. They knew early on for me, that I would have to learn some other things, right? Now, I don't have a good word for it, but I know right now we're getting to actually experience it real time. I'm serious about that. If, you know, you talk to a woman who has not had a job in 18 weeks and her children cannot get lunch food 
I don't think she is really going to want to hear, oh my goodness, I know how you feel. She's going to want to know, how can you get me some money or something, or this is what I'm doing for myself. So mm -hmm. I'm kind of, I'm kind of giving you a practical way that yes, I see exactly. what you have in your book manifesting. And I'd like to hear you talk about that because if I looked at your book as a process that maybe will happen someday, that would be one view. But I'm looking at your book and we are accelerating the lessons in this book now. Mm. And we are helping each other to yes. get it. Because we're 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 getting well and we're getting into the Aquarian era, right? Oh yeah. yeah. And the, the and the keynote of Aquarius is uh unity through diversity. Yep. Right? So the um this is your group. This is my group. That's gone. Finish. We don't do that anymore. It's it's not going to work now. And um, and when it comes to see, we I, we live in a very different country here. Um, and um, my husband's got a degree in political science and philosophy, um, and he's just brilliant on on political stuff. So. In the in a sense, he needs to be answering this question. How, you know, how do we how do we address this problem of of women who or people who have lost their jobs can't feed their kids? That is not just their problem; it's our problem, because whatever happens to other people in our society, we are all linked by this medium of intelligence in matter, subtle physical, whatever it is, we're all linked together. And this is one of the big, big things about sensitizing oneself to how the, what's the quality of the energy of the organization I work for or that, or that I'm part of, or the community I'm part of, the nature that I'm part of, the government that I'm part of, the society them what is the quality of the energy that is going on here because that quality of energy is determined by what level of David intelligence we are using at any one time right so because 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 the David kingdom infuses all matter physical and subtle we can't have any human experience without using some level or other of data. So we are in this great sea. It's like being a fish in the water and the fish doesn't know it's in water because it's never been in the air, right? We're in this great sea of data and we don't realize it or we're in a great sea of emotion or we're in a great sea of mental thinking and we don't see, we don't, if we haven't experienced anything beyond that, we don't know it's there, okay? Now we're getting experiences that are forcing people to say, oh my God, you know, this just isn't working. It's all horrible. And, you know, where's where's the light? What, you know, what else can we do? And they are being forced. Now, individuals are suffering, of course, but the pressure has to come on the leaders of our countries, our, um, you know, you've got a huge country, we've got a very small one, we've got 5 million people, you've got 200 and something million. Yeah. But the pressure at 
in in every way has to come on to societies that are not mm -hmm. looking after their people and making sure that everybody gets a fair go, that everybody can feed yeah. themselves, not well, just the the bee sauces of the world and the you know the rich yeah. people of the world. Well, I think you hit on something from one of our callers that called in. And the question I think, Benny, that you put in here is what can we do as a whole to fight this political scene? I mean, that's the short version of it, but it is it, it, this question from the United States here. Um, and I don't know if the caller is on the call. I know we've got two minutes left, but this is the question that we were talking about of the evolution of emotions and thought because people do really want we want to do something about what we're seeing here and i know we've got two minutes to answer a question about the united states politics <laughs> but isn't this book though to provide us with solutions yeah you know, i think um you know get together in your community get your community talking yeah. about what is going to make things better not just for them but for everybody and you know yeah get the book read it see if it, it can help you give some um, mind-changing ideas, but um, reach out to each other, regardless of what social class, um, what opportunities, you know, get together, um, feed the hungry, do all that stuff. Don't rely on churches to do it, to do it as a community. Mm -hmm. Talk to people in your street, your apartment building, whatever it is. What do you need? How can we help? What can we do? One of the things that I want to just end with, and, and perhaps this is something that it's just personal to me, is one of the things I'm really struck by, especially reading your book again, is, yes, there are some things that are hidden and are subtle, but we live in a world where we were given the ability to take this information and do something to act, to act in the world. And I think that's what you just said. There are mm -hmm. things we can do to really stand for what we believe in and take an action. But there yeah. are also some guidelines in the book. Jacqueline, thank you so much for today. Again, please tell folks how they can find out more about you. This isn't the only book that you've written. <laughs> no, so my website is tallpixie.com. It's the easiest way to get hold of, you know, to have a look and see what I do. Um, yeah, tall pixie as in long-legged, <laughs> which I don't have. Um, yeah, and yeah, join my, subscribe to my yeah. my blogs, newsletters, whatever. Yeah. yeah, and people can reach out to you directly because certainly the conversation does stir up uh, things inside of all of us so that I think, as you say, we can... As Deva says, we can emotionally evolve and we can mentally evolve and we can spiritually evolve. And maybe the bungee cord ride won't give us too many bruises. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's designed that way. <laughs> I think you're right. Uh, everybody, Jacqueline Elaine, I'm Dr. Pat. Stay tuned. More coming up on Transformation Talk Radio.